What is up, y'all? Welcome to the 5Q5K. I'm your host, Josh Williams. The goal of this podcast is to create a safe and welcoming environment for you to learn and begin to embrace what I've come to know as an actively improving lifestyle. We hope you're able to get out there and get active while you join in on our conversation. That being said, let's get to it. All right, what is up, guys? We're back with another episode of the 5Q5K. I'm sitting down with a friend I made at Run Club, Stephen Demerson. How you doing, Stephen? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Dude, of course. I'm happy to have you here. Tell me tell me what you've been up to lately. How you doing? I've been chilling, man. I'm training for this marathon, so Dallas uh, in mid-December. Let's First go. First time training for a marathon, which Let's is do huge. it. Uh, so excited for that, but currently nursing a little injury, potential injury. Um, so dealing with that, but hopefully going to be able to rebound and start training again soon. What's the injury, man? What are you? Uh, I really don't know at this point. Uh, my calves are just tight, like real tight. Okay. And uh, the top of my foot is giving me some trouble. So I think just going to try to take some time off and let it heal um, instead of aggravating it a whole bunch. So it's Fair. kind of plan. I feel, I feel you on that, dude. I've been having issues with the calf too. It's like you'll find out, you'll have the muscles that you're typically sore in and then like you'll find a way to loosen them up. And they're like, no, no, no. There's actually muscles beneath those. And you're like, brother, like this is too much. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that kind of what your experience was? For sure. It's like stuff I didn't even know was tight is like tight. And so like I went in this morning to get worked on by a sports physical therapist or something. And he was like stretching my muscles and like cracking my bones and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't even know some of this stuff existed. So learning experience. Hey, hey, good, good way to look at it, man. That's for me, when I got in there, I was talking to my like chiropractor. She told me like, oh yeah, it's your muscles beneath your muscles. And I was like, this is some kind of pyramid scheme. Like they're just, they're debuting new muscles to me. This this is messed up, man. But hey, well, there we go. Hopefully we're on the, we're on the up and up. You're going to be back and better than ever sooner, sooner than later. Right. For sure. There you go. Well, uh, give, give everybody a little background on yourself. Kind of tell them about where you've been in athletics. Give them the Give them the the flavor on Steven. Let everybody know what you've been up to. Yeah. Uh, So I guess I got into sports pretty early on. Uh, The main thing for me was soccer growing up. So played a lot of soccer, probably from elementary school all the way through middle school. Um, And then on the side, I was also doing basketball. I did one season of swimming uh, until I stepped in dog poop after one of my races (laughs) and immediately decided that I'm never doing that ever again. Was it a barefoot Dog Dude, barefoot, step? barefoot oh, into dog poop immediately. I'm like, there ain't no way I'm ever doing that again. Dude, I'd be, I'd be cashed. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's just a sign, bro. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm out. Uh, so I did that. I did like one season of flag football. Um, so I really just from a young age tried to do a lot of different things. Uh, running was something that I actually didn't find until high school. Okay. Um, so at the end of middle school, I think in the eighth grade, you know, the, uh, the fitness gram. Do you oh, know what dude. that is? Yeah, yeah, I do. Sadly. Yeah. So it's eighth grade. I'm in gym class. They're like, yo, we're doing the, we're doing the fitness gram. Yeah. And they're doing all like the stretches and the dexterity tests, so, like the sit and reach trunk lift. And I'm like failing all of them. What is a trunk lift even? That's like, when like you, what you lie on your stomach and yeah. then somebody comes by you with like a ruler and you have to like lift your body you have to like lift your face off the ground as high as you can. What does that even do for you? I feel, no idea. <laughs> I no like idea. Just the coaches like making fun of us. They're like, oh yeah, make them lift their neck something weird. hundred like, percent. I have no idea. Okay, dude. Yeah, that one, I, that one always confused me. Yeah. So that one, I was not my wheelhouse. Sit and reach. I couldn't even get like on the board when I would reach. Oh no. Like I was just super not flexible and my legs are very long. So 
then the pacer test comes around. Okay. And I'm like, okay, this is where like legends are made. Like if you go, <laughs> if you go hard on the pacer test, it's like you're, you're big time. Yeah. Uh, so me and my buddy, Jason, I remember this, uh, pacer test comes around and we're like getting into it. Thing goes beep. And then, you know, you start running and you just try to stay with the cadence until you can't go anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I remember we made it like some ridiculous amount, like 115, 120. We're like just sprinting back and forth. Oh man. And uh, afterwards, like our coaches like stop us and they're like, okay, you guys can, can chill out now. And uh, we started talking to the coaches after and they're like, yo, you should consider like running cross country in high school. And I literally remember sitting there and thinking in my head, like, coach, I, I can't run across the country. Like, I don't know what kind of, like, I don't, I had no concept of, of what the sport was or like what cross country meant. So that's a sick joke. Yeah. Man. I ain't running from Cali to New York. Come right. On. Yeah. I was like, I can do the pacer test, but across the country, I don't know. You got the wrong guy. So, um, eventually he explained to us like what it was and I'm, it was kind of like in the back of my mind. So this is like eighth grade. And, uh, my dad, I told my dad about it. I was like, do you know what this cross country thing is? He's like, oh yeah. And apparently that's when he told me that when I was younger, he kind of like knew cause he's a runner himself. And okay. he's like, I could always tell like, you're going to be like a runner, like a distance runner. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's cap. Ain't like, that's just not, <laughs> that's not happening. It's not like I hated running, but it was never something that I was interested in. And so, uh, lo and behold, freshman year or the summer before freshman year, uh, my dad brings me to tryouts for cross country. Okay. And uh, we get there and the, like the varsity people like run us through some drills, um, some warmups. And then the tryout was coincidentally a 5k. That was my first like real experience with running was that tryout and just like, Hey, go run 3.1 um, as fast as you can and then come back. Man. So uh, yeah, like I went out there, I like met some of my closest friends that would be my closest friends in high school. Cause we all ended up doing cross country after this. Cool. But, um, yeah, they sent us on our merry way. I got lost on the trail during the tryout. I'm like wandering around in the woods somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where to go. The varsity people like find me, they tell me to run back. And I think I ran like a, like a 21 or something like that. Even getting lost, man. Yeah. Getting Jeez. lost. And so I was like, I don't know if that's good or not. Like I have no frame of reference, no experience with running. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just knew that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so from then on I was, I was hooked. There you go. Yeah. Well, so what was that? Was the tryout like just the fastest, like however many people made it or is it, how did they do that? I don't think anyone didn't make it. Um, I think it was just more of like assessing where we were at and like, if you can run a 5k or like, if you can just get out there and run, it's like, you're good. We just want to see where you're at and kind of meet you there. So, okay. I see. I always had that misconception. I think I might be wrong about this, but I know it might, or I don't know. I think at my high school, it was a thing that they said like, Hey, if you can't run under like 22 or 21 minutes mm-hmm. then you're cut and i'm oh, sitting geez. here like bro like like if i roll up like ain't no way i'm doing that so like <laughs> right. I, I, that's just too risky bro. right but no dude i think that's cool that like you yeah, i guess your dad your dad like placed that future on you mm-hmm. almost he's like hey he's gonna come through <laughs> yeah. man yeah <laughs> so what does your dad do running wise is he like Super long distance, like you said? Or? Oh, no, no. He, But he loves the, the half marathon. Okay. So that's his distance. That's long distance. I mean, it's long distance, but not. Yeah. He's, I've tried to convince him to run a marathon, and he's like, absolutely not. I'm never <laughs> doing it. Half marathon's like my limit. Okay. Uh, but he's run a ton of those, and so he's he also loves like the 5K, the 10K. And yeah, he's a big runner, so he loves it. Nice. Hey, well, maybe, maybe he'll have to get on at some point. Dude, get him on right? the pod. It'd be spectacular. <laughs> hey, maybe may a father-son specialist. Maybe so. Right? Maybe hey, so. Might have to do it. But um, 
So kind of walk through after getting into cross country, then going into longer distances, going into kind of what your goal is today. Walk me through how that all went. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's been an interesting transition um, because in high school, the longest we would ever race is uh, 5k for cross country. Okay. And then on the track, I was usually doing the mile or the two mile. And so I enjoyed those distances. It was short enough to where you still felt like you were like going, you're going hard mm-hmm. uh, for a period of time, but there's, it's long enough to where there's still tactics. There's like race strategy. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed about it. That was kind of the more cerebral aspect. Um, and so of course, the longer the distances get, the more cerebral it becomes for sure. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Um, my main goal in high school was really just to be as fast as I could. Okay. Um, and I had different goals in high school. So as I got faster and stronger, uh, it became more about like time. Uh, so saying like, okay, I have this PR, I want to go even faster. Okay. Yeah. Or if it was like, okay, I see myself becoming competitive maybe I want to qualify for like a specific race if that's like regionals or if it's state or something like that. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the headspace I was in. And then when I graduated and I got into college, pretty much just stopped running. And, uh, I was really like, okay, I'm a literal stick. Like I'm a twig. I have no muscle, <laughs> you know, cause I was just running and, and I ate quite a bit, but like I was just running and running and running. Yeah. And so, anything you're eating, you're just running straight up. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The metabolism was crazy. So, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that. And then I got to college and I was like, okay, I'm going to start trying to go to the gym. Okay. And so I started trying to go to the gym consistently, which was really fun for a while, very committed to it. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed that, but I fell out of running all of that, like aerobic fitness and the, the work that I'd kind of put in during high school uh, started to disappear a little bit. And I was still like doing sports. I played a lot of intramurals. So all the stuff I played when I was younger, so soccer, basketball, flag football, all that stuff but I wasn't running, running. And so it wasn't until, uh, after grad school, um, post pickleball arc, which I can talk about. Hey, we'll get into the pickleball arc. We'll get, we'll get there. (laughs) Um, it wasn't until that where I was like, okay, something I've always wanted to do is a longer distance, uh, specifically a marathon. Yeah. So after grad school, uh, I kind of knew I wanted to run longer distances. Um, and the marathon was part of that. It was something that had always been in the back of my mind, but I never really just committed to it. And so this year I was sitting in the airport about to fly somewhere. I was just like, if I just walk into it right now, I have to train for it. Yeah. So I just pulled the trigger and I was like, I'm going to do it, walked it in. And then from that point, it kind of set the wheels in motion. And you're like, what is it? You said you're five weeks, five weeks into the plan right now. Yes. Yeah. Five weeks in out of the 16. So. You're in the trenches, man. You're in the trenches. Closing, closing up on halfway through. There For we sure. go. Yeah. Nice, man. So um, I guess walk me through, like, we mentioned the pickleball arc. Oh, geez. Yeah. If if you want to go there, we can go there. <laughs> I, I don't want to give you any, any pickleball PTSD because yeah. you're not playing much anymore, right? Or at all. Anymore. Yeah, hardly at all right now. Okay. But right. but you you got into pickleball and you mm-hmm. worked up to quite a, quite a high ranking, correct? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, just give give everybody the pickleball oh, side boy. quest that you went on. <laughs> yes, that's what I would. Yeah, it was a definite side quest. Um, it was awesome. So I got into pickleball during grad school. Okay. Um, and this was like kind of a little bit post COVID. Things are starting to open up a little bit more, and my friends are like, "We want to like get outside. We want to do something active because we've been like cooped up for so long." Mm-hmm. Pickleball's a way that we can do that while still like social distancing and stuff. Okay. So we went out to the courts and we played and I remember playing for the first time and I was immediately just hooked. Like it was, I I had so much fun because in my mind it was like if tennis and ping pong 
had a child, pickleball would be it. <laughs> and it was like the perfect blend because I love playing table tennis. I never played tennis, but I always thought it was really cool. Okay. So played pickleball. I'm like, I got to keep playing this. So I start playing with my friends more. The more I start playing with my friends, I'm like, I think I'm just going to go on my own. And before okay. I know it, I should pull up with like my own paddle. I'm playing every day. Then the people at the courts are telling me like, yo, you got to get a better paddle. Like you're getting better. <laughs> like you got to level up. It's the, like, it's the gateway drug into it's pickleball. The, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and so all the older folks out there are like, Steven, like I see you getting better. I see you grinding. Like you got to, you got to up your game. I was like, okay, I guess I do. And uh, the better I got, just the more hooked on it I got, which yeah. is similar for me, what happened with running. Okay. And um, so I got just really hooked on it. And before I know it, I'm playing like every single day, like I'm getting off of work and I'm just playing for like four or five hours until like 10 PM. And, uh, which was great. Like I got really good at pickleball. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed, I was like, Hmm, this is kind of unhealthy. Like this is as much as I'm playing. Uh, it's like, there's no structure to my life. And if there is structure it all, it almost just like revolves around pickleball. Um, so I kind of caught wind of that and, uh, began to think like, okay, how can I take a step back from pickleball um, while also doing that in a way it's going to be like good for me mentally, emotionally, physically. And then running was kind of that thing where okay. I was like, that was my thing back in the day. I really enjoyed it. I know I'm good at it. It's somewhere where like I'm confident and it's something where I still have goals that I want to pursue. And so that can kind of be my thing for a while. Um, and so that's where the initial goal with the marathon kind of popped up was like, gotcha. I want to take this as an opportunity, not just to like go run, 26.2 miles and say like I did that but more of like I want to learn uh commitment sticking to a plan um not even necessarily having a time goal but just like really learning those things and so that's kind of where the uh the goal came up the pickleball arc slash addiction call <laughs> well I mean I feel like I feel like you still had discipline through the pickleball arc because I mean sure. to go out and to actively improve in something and to put forth your best every day and try to try to kind of bridge that gap to wherever you want to be in the sport, that still takes a lot of discipline. Even if, even if you felt like it's making you like itchy thinking of pickleball, <laughs> right. like, I still think that's big kudos to you because you've shown you can have discipline kind of in any facet in sport, like whether it be running, whether it be pickleball, whether, whether it be that original pacer test. Mm -hmm. I know, I know for me, bro, I, when I would do the pacer test, I would wait until like the first person dropped uh -huh. and I was like, this is a fair place for me to go. I'm not the <laughs> I'm worst. Out. I'm out. I'm so, out. So kudos to you on having that, that diligence and the drive to continue to improve. Thank I think you. that's yeah. big time, man. So I, I think that kind of, you mentioned, we, we've talked about your training plan and the way that you're kind of tooling the diligence into your, into your everyday mm -hmm. kind of tell, walk me through kind of how you approach that training plan. Cause I know we talked about that before we got recording about um, how the injuries or how the potential injury mm -hmm. TBD, jury's still out. TBD. Um, how, how that has kind of changed your mindset towards training. Hit, hit the people with a little bit of that because I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I know for me personally, the way my brain is wired, when I have a goal and I want to do something and I'm invested in it and I'm passionate about it and I really care about it, I want to do that thing to the best of my ability um, and sometimes to a fault where I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it perfectly, which in reality just isn't realistic. Um, and so I think when something that can be out of your control, like an injury comes around, uh, that prevents me from being able to say like, yeah, I did this and I hit every single run every single morning, regardless of how I was feeling or doing, like I got up and I got the work in. 
uh, an injury prevents you from doing that. Yeah. And so for me, just like mentally, that's a, kind of a hard thing to deal with um, is just kind of like letting go of that control where it's like, Hey, the reality is you're not going to always be able to, to control like when your body's a hundred percent or less. Um, and so dealing with this injury has kind of forced me in a way to start rethinking some of the goals that I have with this marathon. Okay. Um, and redefining like, does being diligent and disciplined mean, Hey, I hit every single run or does it really mean, uh, given the circumstances that I'm in, uh, how do I do the best that I can given those circumstances? So like, if I get injured, the reality is I'm not going to hit every single run. Uh, but am I going to, uh, take a step back, let myself rest, be disciplined with rest and uh, maybe, maybe not just hitting every single run, but saying, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to go do my 16 miles on Saturday, even though I really want to mm-hmm. knowing that my body can't handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to heal. I'm going to rest. I'm going to strengthen up and I'm going to come back even stronger. There and so go. if I have to take that time off and I'm not able to hit the times that maybe I wanted to, because I took time off, um, I think there's still something to be said for, uh, learning discipline of like, yeah, taking a step back and resting as opposed to just going after it all the time. So I, I definitely agree, dude. Like at, at a certain point, if you're running injured, you're hitting that it's the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. If you just keep going when, when you're not feeling right and you just keep like pounding just that in that nail into the wall, it's at a certain point, you're going to have either a worse injury or it's going to, I had a friend that told me there's certain days you need to take time off. And if you don't take that time off, time, time off will come for you one way or another. Like it yeah. won't be your choice that you're taking the time off. Right. So I think for me too, like I feel the exact same way. Like if I have a plan, it's like, I want to hit it to a T to a T to a T. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if, if you're not right, man, you gotta, you gotta prioritize getting right. And like you said, I think that, that diligence to recognize that and be able to say, all right, I need to get myself right. And yep. then I'll be back out there harder than I could be if I'm running hurt. Right. I think that's, that's very good, man. And I, I like that. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Cause it's, it's easy to say like, it's the Excel sheet uh-huh. or, or else, yeah. you know, like, Bust. Yeah. but uh, it's just not, not always realistic. Like I know for me right now, I'm, I'm mentally like, I know I need to be tapering, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I want to still get my workouts in. Right. But when my calf's not feeling great, my Achilles is kind of not feeling great either. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to just take that time. I need to just take that time. But right. it's easier said than done. I'm still, sure. I'm still trying to figure that one out too. Right. But I think, I think you're, you're on your way with it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to also ask you kind of like, tell me about kind of like what running means to you and the ways it's impacted your life. Walk me through that journey and kind of like who you would be or like, like who you are because you mm-hmm. run. Yeah. I think it's been like a super important part of my life. Um, in high school, I feel like going into high school, I was never somebody that was like super confident in myself. Um, I've, I've always also just very been like very critical of myself as well. And so running was the first thing that I can really say that one I was like passionate about. Um, and it was also the first thing that I was like confident, um, in and cause it was something that for me, it came naturally to me. And so to be able to step into that and, and improve at it and work hard at it, um, and see myself get stronger, uh, physically, mentally, like emotionally, that was huge for me. And so, uh, I met a lot of my closest friends in high school, um, which is another big thing for, for me in terms of running was just like relationally, 
Mm-hmm. I made so many friends, uh, built so many relationships. Um, I still talk to a lot of those people today. Um, and so I've seen the sport be something that can like bond people together, which it's certainly done for me then. And then even now with like Northwest Dallas running club, um, social runs on Wednesdays at Luke's locker, grabbing bagels after. Um, so relationally it's been huge. It's been big for my mental as well, being able to like go out on a run and just knowing that like, I don't have to kill this run. I can just go relax or I can go talk with somebody. I'm, I'm going to go run with Josh and like, we're just going to chat. Yes, sir. Right. And just, uh, being able to enjoy it. It's like a peaceful space for me, um, which has also been huge. So yeah, I think it's definitely been formative for me, um, in terms of like my personality and just like goal setting. And then again, using it to like pursue larger goals in life. So for me, it's like, if I want to try to become a more disciplined person, running can be a way that I can do that. Um, and just like add structure into my life and, and have a goal to pursue. So yeah, it's been awesome for me. There you go, man. I like that. I like the the structure, kind of like you said, that it brings. Because I, th- I think without running, it's I don't know. For me personally, I've when I when I know that I'm getting my workouts in in the morning, it's like, hey, you got to go to bed on time and you got to get the amount of sleep. So then it kind of like reverses my whole schedule. That then right. it's like now I'm sleeping on the right time. Now I'm going to bed at the right time. Like now it kind of just. A lot of it, that one domino of discipline makes a lot of other dominoes fall. Right. I think, I think it's a good thing, man. Yeah. Uh, well, so I wanted to ask you a question. Basically, I, so I never, I never came from a, a coached runner background. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do cross country. I haven't really had a coach. Like I've had mentors and like people that have spoken into me, but I've never had like the formal coaching relationship. Mm-hmm. So I get asked a lot, like, would there be benefits from training with a coach? Like what, what would that, what would that be like different than me just training myself? And I can't even answer to that, but <laughs> you can answer to that. So sure, what, what would yeah. you think? Yeah. Uh, there's definitely, there's benefits to both. Um, I've done a little bit of both. I've trained on my own. I had my coaches in high school. I had, while I was in high school, a coach on the side, like a club coach, as I got like more serious about it. Um, and then even now training for the marathon, I have a coach that's like given me a plan and stuff to kind of stick to. Uh, so I would say some of the main benefits I've seen from having a coach would one, just be like the structure and the lack of worry about like having a plan, uh, which is big for me. Um, so just like knowing, okay, I got to go hit this workout on Monday and this workout on Wednesday and this one on Friday, uh, and being able to see that and project it out into the week for somebody with like somebody like a mind that likes to plan Mm -hmm. that is so helpful for me. Okay. And so I've really appreciated that. Um, I would say training on my own, the benefit has been you, I feel like you just learn so much and yeah. it's just like you, like you make mistakes more, but it's like, that's, that's oftentimes just how you learn the most. Um, so that's probably the benefit there, but yeah, there's definitely tons of pros to like going with a coach and having the structure, having the plan, uh, having like other people to run with, if it's like a group setting, uh, which is helpful as well. So yeah, pros and cons. I think that that group setting is a big thing because it kind of yeah. like it almost invigorates you to like push a little bit harder mm-hmm. or like because you see other people that are also working. It's it's motivating to see people that are working towards their goals concurrently while you are as well, which right. like, I don't know for me, like I'm I'm not on I'm not on a team and I don't have a coach, but sometimes I'll like plan certain runs like I've been going out to this kind of like down by the river at Fort Worth lately Mm -hmm. because there's so many people that run out there. Yeah. And you can just like say hi to them, wave. But like you see other people that are like checking their splits, looking to see how they're going, like doing certain 
repeats on the trail and it's it just motivates you right. to see like other people that you're like hey you're getting after it too let's go yeah you know yeah i think that's that's cool it's cool that you've had the coaching aspect but then you've also gotten to see the ways that you can grow in that diligence yourself and kind of like learn learn from hey maybe i didn't do this the best way but i can do it better next time mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure I want to ask you one more question, and I ask this to everybody. Okay. You know, you know what it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you uh, had one word of advice for a beginner runner or for yourself, for Stephen when he was a beginner, like maybe Stephen before he even did the pacer test or anything Ooh. like that, or, yeah, or just any beginner. Yeah. So I guess my advice, if I could give any, I probably have a, a couple of tidbits. Uh, share both the tidbits, man. I thought the share, people want the tidbits. I'll share. I'll share the tidbits. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> The first one would probably be start slow and start easy. For sure. Um, and the reason I say that is because I'm somebody that just likes to like go hundred percent all the time. And I've seen sometimes like the, the damage that that can do on your body, like physically. Okay. Um, so I think like starting like super hardcore, like jumping from like, uh, just like zero miles to like, oh, I'm going to start running like 50 miles a week. That can be a hard thing to do. And sometimes it's unfeasible. Um, so starting slow and starting easy one, so you can enjoy it, right? Like slow down, breathe in a little bit of nature, um, run with friends, talk, do something conversational while you're running. Um, as opposed to just like, I'm going to go sprint and, you know, go do something super hard. Um, so I would say start there, uh, along with that, I'm a bit of a philosophy nerd as well. So Socrates would say, know thyself. Okay. And so there's a lot to unpack there philosophically, but, uh, from a running perspective, I think uh, knowing yourself really comes down to like knowing the goals that you have or just not having goals at all. That's like, that can be part of yourself. If you have goals, like, hey, I want to run this race on this date and this time, then you can know that and you can go after it. Mm -hmm. If you're also saying like, man, I know I just want to do this to enjoy it, then you can go do that too. Um, But I would say, yeah, knowing yourself is actually a really important part of running. And that's something that I try to factor into uh, my training my goal setting, the runs that I'm doing. And I'm just kind of really intentional about that. Yeah. So knowing yourself is definitely an important thing. Last thing I would say is, yeah, enjoy it. Don't let it be something that becomes like just a stressor for you. Um, Do things that you can enjoy. So if it's like going out with friends and running, you can go and do that. If it's running alone, putting in AirPods and then just like blasting big booty mix for 60 minutes, (laughs) then like, that's what you got to do. Like go enjoy that. Um, And I found like, I feel like that's where I've found um, the most joy is when I kind of do all three of those things uh, well, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start slow. I'm going to start easy. Like with my marathon training, I immediately just wanted to rip like a 20 mile long run, which my body could not handle. So I had to start slow and put in like four mile run, very slow, just like jogging. And I built up to where I can run longer runs at faster paces part of that, part of what informed that strategy was knowing myself. So knowing if the goal is to run a marathon in a specific amount of time, this is what I'm going to have to do to get there. And I know I want to do it. So I'm committed to it. And then the third thing is just like enjoying the process. And that means what I'm learning is not just the good workouts, but the bad workouts and even the injuries too. Um, So when I'm doing all three of those things, I feel like those are like the three things that I would give to somebody new that's starting running. There you go. Know thyself, man. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and love the process, man. Right. I like the I like the philosophy, man. Do you, yeah. Do you have so is Socrates your favorite philosopher? Uh he's not. He's the favorite philosopher of my favorite philosopher, actually. My Who's favorite. your favorite philosopher? Uh that would be Soren Kierkegaard. 
Okay. So, yeah. It's like 19th century Danish guy, super dead, but amazing. <laughs> hey, hey I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm aware, man. What, what would, what would Kierkegaard say? What would his one word of advice? Oh, he would have many words of advice. So Kierkegaard said a lot of different things. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind that he said is uh, to dare is to lose oneself momentarily, not to dare is to lose oneself. And so that's been really impactful for me um, as somebody that doesn't like to take risks um, and doesn't really like to do things that scare me that much. Uh, setting a goal like running a marathon is something that scares me. And I think that's in a good way. Um, so to somebody that's like just getting into running, uh, enjoy it and like know yourself and set goals um, and understand that like you're taking a risk at the same time and that that can be a really good thing. Uh, so let it be an exciting thing that you're doing and not something that overwhelms you. Um, the second thing that he says that has also been really impactful for me is that life isn't a problem to be solved. It's a reality to be experienced. And so I think when you do something that is scary to you, uh, you begin to think about all the ways where you can like execute it or do it perfectly or um, is it going to work out? I'm not really sure. And you spend your life kind of worrying about it and trying to problem solve it instead of like going through the process, enjoying uh, the process for sure and not experiencing it fully. Um, and so that would be the other big thing for me. It's like when you do have those goals and you're going to execute on them, enjoy that and experience that fully, whether it be the highs, the lows, the injuries, the good races, the bad races, all of that. Um, I think it's part of the experience and it should be something that you embrace. So I think, yeah, that's what Kierkegaard might say. That's good, man. I I feel like also it's kind of the second one goes into the first one, like experience that putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm Because like for me, like I used to not like to do that at all. But I think through running, like even if you're going, even if you're going for a mile around the block, you are in a way putting yourself out of that comfort zone for that temporary, however long that that is. So I, th- I think that's good good advice for anybody that's trying to get out there. Just like, hey, like, enjoy the putting yourself out of your comfort zone. For right? sure. Yep. There you go, man. Well, uh, I wanted to thank you for sitting down with me today, Stephen. And we're about to hit our 5K. So I hope you all were able to get active while you were listening to this. We're actually about to go run. We're playing musical chairs <laughs> in the studio out here. But right. uh, we are in Grapevine. And we're going to go up kind of near the lake, near Lake Grapevine, and kind of run a little trail that goes down there. Uh, it's been a favorite of mine and I'm excited to share it with Steven. So we're going to be out there and I'll, um, I'll put the segment on Strava and map my run and everything. So if y'all are in Grapevine, want to run near the lake, y'all can hit it as well. So one more time, I wanted to thank Steven. Big thank you for jumping on, bro. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the insight and motivation that you shared with us. Dude, I appreciate you. I'm a big fan of the pod. I've listened to every single episode. Oh, so, dude. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, and I really appreciate it. Of course, dude. Of course. Hey, happy to have you on anytime. I told you we're going to have to run it back. Double so feature, man. After, after Dallas, I want to hear how it went for you. All right, let's go. There we go. Well, hope you all had a good one today and we'll talk to you real, real soon. Have a good one, guys. Peace.